today is Tuesday, May 23rd, and it's been six months since I filed for divorce, and I know in my last audio blog, I was pretty down. (laughs) I don't think I should record audio blogs uh, late at night after I've had two glasses of wine. Um, But you know, I am still very sad about the way everything went down, um, including my marriage and my career. And it's very hard to accept the fact that I might have peaked (laughs) and I'm on the back nine now. Um, I will say that Mike was very supportive back when I was having all those problems with the daycare and trying to deal with my daughter and work and we were all miserable. I I don't know why, but my daughter, um, did not want to be separated from me at all when she was little. And I, I, I think maybe it has to do with, you know, she was born, um, in Arkansas. Mike and I were living in Arkansas. We had moved away from family because he took a job with Walmart and it was just me and my daughter, um, all the time at home. I was still working for my company and I would commute to Little Rock uh, for my client, SBC, but we had um, a babysitter that would come to the house, so I would work remotely and, you know, Tori could see me and eventually over time she liked the babysitter whose name was Angie. She had another babysitter named Gussie for a while who she really loved. Um, but, you know, there were times when she would cry and be upset. And the only thing that could solve it was if I would hold her or she could see me. But when we moved to Austin in the year 2000, I would go into the office three days a week and I would work at home the other two. Well, during those three days a week, that I would go into the office downtown Austin, I had to take her to the children's courtyard and it just wasn't working out. She was miserable and she hated being apart from me. Um, and it wasn't just the children's courtyard. It was any time, um, I was apart from her. I can remember trying to go to church a couple of times and leave her in the children's nursery. And the same thing would happen. She would scream and cry and be upset and I would have to come get her. And, um, we went through a long stretch like that. And I, I ultimately had to quit my job at Fleischman Hillard because, um, the, I just could not handle the calls from the daycare and they would tell me to come get her, which was awful. She would cry until she would throw up. And then literally we did discover this catastrophic leak in our house and it had destroyed a room in our house and there was all this disgusting mold and we had to live in a hotel. We had to move into the Marriott while our house was being remediated. And there was all this toxic level of mold in the air. And during all of this, I had a miscarriage and had to be hospitalized. And I remember, um, I was so upset because my pregnancy was over. I was having a miscarriage and all of this stuff was happening And Mike really was good about it. And he said, what can I do? What can I do to help you? What, what can I do? And I said, just get my mom here. Just get my mom here, please. 
And Mike flew my mom to Austin the same day, got her a ticket, got her on a plane, and flew her to Austin to be in the hospital with me. And that was one of the kindest, I mean, it chokes me up now, but that was one of the kindest, greatest things he ever did. It was something he could do. It was, it was a way of helping. And my mom actually got onto a plane and flew to Austin and came to the hospital and sat with me um, while I had my miscarriage. And they gave me something called mexotrethate, which is a chemotherapy drug, actually. It stopped cells from dividing. They had to stop the pregnancy. And it was early on, so they couldn't see it on an ultrasound. Um, anyway, dangerous situation, but turned out fine. And I didn't tell my boss when I quit. I didn't tell her what was happening. Now, that may or may not have been a mistake. I don't know, but it's not really anyone's business when a woman is having a miscarriage. But I think that after I was at that company for four years and I had never called in sick, I had, you know, always come through. Um, if I told my boss, I'm sick, I'm really sick, I can't come in, I mean, give me the benefit of the doubt. I wasn't just, you know, blowing off my job. I was literally being checked into um, the hospital in Round Rock, Texas. And I remember um, my other boss in St. Louis called me a couple days later and said, Lisa, what happened? Why are you resigning? And I said, you know, I, I told my boss, her name was Eileen. I said, I told Eileen I was sick. And he said, well, what, what happened? What, you know, and I said, Tom, I had a miscarriage and I was in the hospital. And he said, oh my God, why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you tell us? And I don't, I don't, I said, I didn't want, it's, I didn't want to tell anyone. That's, that's a scary, awful, terrible thing to go through a miscarriage. I don't need to tell my employer that I'm having a miscarriage. That's private health information. And I did not want to share it with this woman. We didn't have a good relationship, uh, Eileen and I, and I did, it wasn't her business what was wrong with me. I, I don't understand that. And she did say to me, I need you at this client meeting this afternoon. If you don't come in, don't bother coming back. She actually said that to me. And I said, fine, I will resign. And, I, you know, that, that was all a mistake. I shouldn't have handled it that way, and neither should she. And I threw away my career that day. But I thought I would get it back. I thought, okay, I'm going to, I've got to deal with this miscarriage. I've got to deal with this, getting this house fixed. I've got to deal with my child who's screaming every day. I didn't have any support system in place. And Mike was doing his very best to build a career, and he was working very hard at Dell, long hours, building up his career, making a great salary. And he had to go to work and I had to deal with everything else. And it, and it, that's the way it needed to be. And he was as supportive as he could be. Um, of course our marriage was, you know, not perfect as I've described earlier and all the bullshit that went on at Dell, but it's what we had to do. And we had chosen to move away from family and friends. So we had no family in the area to help us, which uh, took its toll. 
didn't have grandparents. You know, my, my mother was 900 miles away. Mike's parents were 900 miles away back in St. Louis. We had no support system, no help. Um, and it, it, it definitely took its toll. There were many times I think it was good not to have family around because, you know, we had to lean inward. We had to, we had to be there for each other, but it, it was very hard at other times. And so anyway, I resigned from my job amidst all of that trouble. And then I stayed home for the next 10 years, raising both of our children. And it was wonderful. I, I, I can't, I cannot say I regret that. It was wonderful. All the things I did with them, the play groups and the school and all the volunteering and, and the neighborhood fun and the bike riding and the naps and everything that we did together, the picnics, we did everything together and I got to be there for every single minute. And I never had to deal with, um, the daycare calling me again, telling me to come get my daughter and pick up Tori and she's gasping and has thrown up all over herself. I, I, it was wonderful not to have to deal with that. And Mike went to work every single day unfailing. He had a very high work ethic, never missed work except for, I think one day when he broke his collarbone, (laughs) he had a bicycle accident and broke his collarbone, but he still went to work. He missed a day and, and, um, he, he went to work every day so the kids and I could, could be at home and, and I credit him for that. I remember the day that I was driving to the daycare to pick her up and I was crying and I called him and he said, Lisa, just quit your job. It's okay. Stay home. This is terrible. We're all miserable. And he was right. And, um, he supported me staying home. But at the time I did not know the damage that I would do to my career. I didn't know. And even if I did know back then, I don't, I still don't know I would have done anything differently. I probably still would have quit. It, it just had all been building up to a crescendo and I had to go, but I did not know that it would be impossible to get my career back. And there's a lot of things at at play here. You know, while during the 10 years that I stayed home, you know, the internet exploded and all these new jobs were created and there was a new way of doing my job. And I wasn't in the field doing that. That happened. Of course, September 11th happened and the whole world changed. Um, I was pregnant with my son when 9-11 happened and Tori was little, but I didn't I didn't stay in touch with my field. Um, I did go back and get a master's degree when my kids got to be in elementary school, but I thought I would be able to get a job again. And the other thing that's going on here in Austin, and I've heard this from other people as well, and I've read about it, is the age discrimination. I'm 46 years old, and apparently I people don't want to hire somebody my age, which is really incredible to me um, because... I have a lot of good experience, a lot of real world experience, and I'm educated and I have a good background and I've already had my children and raised them. So, you know, I won't be going on maternity leave. I won't be taking off work to take care of a sick child. You know, my kids are pretty much grown at 15 and 18 um, to the point where, you know, they don't need me every minute. But 
I look at jobs that I interview for and then I see who they actually end up hiring and it's always somebody who's 25 or 26, 27 years old that has less experience um, but that's much younger and they're either, you know, married or single, but you know, that's an age when they probably will be getting married or having children. And anyway, so I, I look, I, I go behind and I look at the company and I look at the positions that I interview for, and it's always somebody half my age. So I have to draw the conclusion that there's an age discrimination going on, or they just, they just definitely want somebody far younger, uh, because I'm willing to work for less money. You know, I, I'm not making any money now. So I, I, I have to face the fact that I, I probably will never get back on the track of the career that I had and that I loved. I won't get that back. And it sure doesn't help to have two teenagers at home that, that, you know, act snotty to me or are rude or don't want anything to do with me. And I think to myself, I never say this out loud, but I think to myself, you know, gosh, everything I've sacrificed and everything I've done for them. And, and this is the thanks I get. I get a son who refuses to hug me and just wants to play video games all the time. And I get a daughter who's, you know, thinks I'm an idiot and rolls her eyes at all my ideas and won't let me shop with her for a prom dress. I think, wow, I gave up my career for that shit, (laughs) but I don't really mean it. i I was very lucky to stay home with them, and I have two great kids. In fact, tomorrow I get to go to an award ceremony at the high school. Uh, my daughter's been invited to participate in, an, in um, an award ceremony. She's been in National Honor Society, and she's a straight-A student, so I guess she's going to be recognized. And then tomorrow night is the big FFA banquet, and I think Tori's going to get a scholarship of some kind, I hope. So I've got great kids. I just hope someday that they recognize and appreciate everything that their dad and myself have done for them. So I have not talked to Mike since he's been back from Las Vegas, um, but we have exchanged text messages. I've got to, I've got to call my attorney today and I guess wrap up my divorce. There's no reason to go on like this, I guess, but I'm scared that I'm going to be broke. I can't get a good job and make any money. I can't support myself. I have to rely on this person who wants me off his payroll, as he likes to say. Get a better job so you can get off my payroll. He says that to me, and that's that's such a depressing thing to hear. It's awful. 